3: On today's show, we review every team in the Premier League season, it's a long one, and a quick touch upon England and the super-friendly League of Nations.
2: Hello everyone and welcome back to another fantastic, truly wonderful episode of A Pod of Two Halves. Of course I'm saying that it's fantastic, I'm saying that it's truly wonderful and we haven't actually recorded it yet. It could be horrible. It could be disgusting. But let's hope it's not. I am, of course, Michael Cardin-Edwards, your host every week. I'm here with Mr. Lee Collard. How are you doing, buddy?
3: Very good, thank you. Very good.
2: There you go. The first thing I said to Lee before the show was talk into the microphone, because we're t- trying out something a bit different today. And the first thing he does is talk away in, a, in Aruba somewhere.
3: Okay, listeners, I'm in your ear.
2: There he is. He's in our ear now. That's what we want. I'm also with Tom Woods. How are you doing, man? Yeah,
1: good, man. Yep. Not bad, you know, football season's officially over.
3: Yeah, I'm actually a little bit sad thinking about it. Yeah. And this is also probably our last pod for a little while, isn't it? Going to have a little sabbatical. A little, little sabbatical,
2: tiny sabbatical. End
3: of the season. We need We need to have our own little holiday ourselves. It's been a tough year, it's been a tough season. <laughs>
2: it's been tough for, for me. Well,
1: it's gone through waves, um, hasn't it, when you kind of think about it. Um, and We'll obviously get to it as we go through our season review, but all of us have had a pretty terrible spell at one point. Mm. And that, yeah, there's only
2: one fan at this point celebrating, and that's somehow the Sari ball munching Thomas
1: Woods. Sari, Sari ball, Sari, Sari ball. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the show. <laughs> that <everyone>. is... <laughs> that, that's the show. It's well, going to it? be Tom Woods
2: just saying Sari ball for an hour. No, today is a season review show. Now, before we get on to that, though, because we've got a few things to talk about when it comes to the season review, because we've got a format, a very dedicated, airtight, watertight format that we will not be going... We will not be besmirching the rules of the format. However, before we get to that, we are going to be talking England and the UEFA Champions Friendly League of Super Best Friend Nations Elite Platinum Edition.
3: Which we didn't win.
2: We didn't win. We didn't win. And that's fine. Now... I really don't know anything about this tournament because I didn't see. I saw, I believe, one and a half matches. I don't give a flying fuck about this tournament. Okay, I, I've said. I said this in the in 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 the season. I don't care. It's an invention, right? And if we'd have won it and we'd have crowed about it, I'd have been quite annoyed, to be honest with me. So, we obviously started off with a game against Holland. How did that go?
1: It wasn't great, mate. To be honest. um it was a, you know, it's an interesting game to watch, but it showed England's weaknesses, which are kind of hanging over from the World Cup. Um, the midfield was just non-existent, uh, completely lacking any technical ability to be able to take the ball off the centre halves, who were uh, consistently playing out from the back. And I'm absolutely fine with players playing out for the back. And ultimately, sadly, <laughs> playing out from the back was what cost us the game with a couple of errors from uh, John Stones and, and Ross Barkley. But as I'm free of Declan Rice, Ross Barkley and Fabian Delph, it's hardly inspiring as um, Southgate rested the Champions League final players. and it, it really starts to make you wonder why the hell James Madison wasn't in this squad. Because if Ross Barkley's getting game time, it just doesn't make any sense to me
3: first of all do you think it was right that they that should have happened in terms of resting the uh players from the champions league final because holland didn't do it did they they started one well both van dyke and van alden uh van alden come off but van dyke saw for the whole 90 minutes
1: yeah i i thought it was fine um The one that played the most amount of time, obviously, was Harry Kane, who came on at the half for for Rashford, and he looked as dead as he did in the final the week before. So, I mean, ultimately, I personally feel that we probably gained more from this tournament with the results that happened than had we basically breezed through and won it. I think Southgate's been able to see uh, the weaknesses that we have in that centre midfield area. And I feel now he's got 12 months to try and find a partnership uh, that can work. So, personally, Declan Rice is the first name that I'd have in that midfield. It's the two either side that we're struggling to find. Um, Deli Alley can't play centre midfield, so he's not going to be one of them. I do think that his Spurs teammate, um, Harry Winks, if he can get a decent year under his belt, stay injury-free, he could be. Uh,
2: He's the new Jack Wilshere. Harry Winks, the new Jack Wilshere. It's next year's his year. New (laughs) Jack Wilshere, England's hope. But then he never plays any games because he's injured.
1: But I also think... So that's okay, man. No, you know, the musical interlude, it's 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 for our listeners. It's what they don't pay to listen to, but it's what they want to listen to. Um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek would have been an obvious starter um, had he not ruptured his Achilles, um, and God knows how long that's going to be, and God knows how long it will take him to fully recover. The real interesting one for me is Phil Foden. Um, I fully anticipate him getting a lot more minutes next season, um, as obviously David Silva ages... Uh, I feel Phil Foden will probably start to fill that void. Um, And as such, he should start to see him get his opportunities in an England shirt. Um, The front three, though, looked fine. They looked dangerous every time uh, we got the ball into the final third, which wasn't often enough in the Holland game. Um, Sterling, obviously, has had a stellar season. I think Sancho um, reduced the price tag on De Ligt by about 30 million at one point. Cheeky little nutmeg. Yeah, cheeky. Rashford looked fine, took a confident penalty. Um, I still feel Kane will start over him when fully fit, and I think that will be better for it. But it's always useful to have a a different system. You know, if you're playing Rashford up in a free with, with the other two, you've got obviously a lot of pace to hit on the counter-attack. Obviously, with Kane, you get something a bit more different where he can, he can try and bring Sterling and, and Sancho back into it. Defensively, though, I think there's a lot of questions about playing out for the back. I think um, the commentators, can't think... um, Martin Martin Tyler. Martin Tyler. He
3: he couldn't take it, mate. He couldn't accept it at all, could he? Yeah. Um, It's frustrating to listen to. Very.
1: Because no team will win a top-tier competition not playing out from the back. It just won't happen anymore. All the best teams do it because you need to to kind of maintain possession. Um, His idea that...
2: Unless you have four defenders, two full-backs, two centre-halves, who are all excellent at pinging a long ball to willing runners. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, you're, if they're playing ultimate counter-attacking, direct-as-fuck football. But I agree with you. It's not sustainable long-term. No,
3: I mean, this is what we've tried as a as a nation. We've tried to get away from this, haven't we, England, for, for many a year? Because that's ultimately, every time we go into a big tournament, when... When we try to play football, and then it doesn't, we automatically straight away resort to long ball football. Well, I remember the Iceland game in 2016; it was horrendous to watch. Whereas, obviously, even with you know the uh, the games over the, you know the last few days, what I respected was the fact that they they continued to try, even though it wasn't quite working for them. Whether that you know there should have been a plan B or not, I think that's the question no. I took away from the from the tournament was. I don't, say you should, I don't think you should go long ball as, as your plan B, but there should be an alternative because ultimately we did get ourselves into trouble and it was individual mistakes, but... Yeah, I, mean... I think
2: I, I only watched the Holland game. Sorry to interrupt there, Woods. Uh, so I watched a lot of the Holland game and I watched some of the final, basically. And my main takeaway from it was that you talk about, no like a plan B. For me, the plan B is to have better centre midfielders that can actually see exactly the ball and give them an option. I... I, 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 I
3: so is anything to too should we be too worried then the fact that our plan or, or, sorry, our our that our midfield were probably our B players or maybe not our necessary starters. No, that forward? that's the
2: thing. I don't think it's too much of an issue. Like I don't think you can tell John Stones and Maguire to play another way. I think the fact is they're players that are always gonna play in that vein. I think the problem comes when you're trying to play the ball out from the back, and I've witnessed this for fucking years with Jones and Smalling at the back it's not necessarily like... So, right, put it this way. John Terry, always much maligned on the ball. Always much maligned on the ball. However, if you look at his pass completion percentages, they're always incredibly high because whenever he gets the ball, he always has a simple option, be it when he he played, be it a fullback, a fellow centre-half, or a midfielder coming deep and making an angle for him, giving him someone to pass to. Yeah. And you criticise the midfielder when you talk about the line upwards. I really don't think that midfield helps out at all. I really don't. No, think it didn't did help out.
1: It didn't, and that 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 was the key thing. You could, from watching it, the playing from the back wasn't the problem. It was very apparent watching it. The midfield, when receiving the ball, couldn't receive on the half turn. And thus the ball is just getting turned over constantly in the midfield to the Dutch team, who are able to press on. They had probably about three or four chances off the back of the midfield not being able to take control of the ball, um, and, and obviously they make it on that half term. Uh, they were much better in the Switzerland game, England. Um, once they got some more recognisable faces in there, and, um, the biggest takeaway for me from that game is Trent Alexander-Arnold is, is just a different animal. He's unbelievable.
3: He was strongly compared to Beckham, wasn't he, yeah. this game? Yeah, and,
1: and I think fairly so. I think he had the most crosses since David Beckham for England. He did indeed. I think De- Deli Alley should have at least had a couple. Um, he, he probably should have had four assists on the day. Uh, just wasteful finishing. Uh, he, he's ridiculous. And it kind of feels like... Um, Kyle Walker is obviously an exceptional fullback. but the one criticism we've had about him basically throughout his entire career is that he hasn't got any final ball. We've actually managed to find a fallback that is all delivery. He's wonderful, um, and I think Carl Walker should struggle to be in the starting eleven at least at right back. Um, it depends. I know Neville was saying about maybe shifting back to a back three, um, which would be fine with Trent as well, anyway. Um, which would obviously then put Walker back into that um, Aspel Equator position, that outside right of the of the defensive three, who played really well there during the World Cup. Problems of going to a back three, obviously, is that. You reduce your numbers um, either from your attacking three to two, uh, like we did at the World Cup where we went with Sterling and Kane, um, or you lose your numbers in the midfield. And I think that at international level, you need to have a midfield three because everyone you're facing will likely have a midfield three unless you've got Engalo Kante in your team where you could probably get away with it because obviously he makes up with it for basically being two players. But overall, um, disappointing not to win it. Great that uh, we look super composed taking penalties. Um, We're getting pretty good at that. And that's nice to see as well. It's refreshing, isn't it? Yeah. Southgate mixed it up with the players taking it. I think probably partly due to the fact that most of the takers that did take the the penalties in in the Columbia game maybe weren't on the field. But all of them looked so comfortable taking penalties. Thoughts on Pickford? He got a bit of flack, um, I think, during the two games. I think that... He's, in terms of what, sorry? I just saw some criticism. I haven't read too much into it because, to be honest, I, I, Pickford's one of these people that's always going to get criticism. I think it's that classic Joe Hart thing. People obviously just saying there's there's too much Joe Hart in him with his chest beating, et cetera, et cetera. And, and he is that way. He is a bit dumb, but good
3: penalty. He's also overexcitable as well. So when he does get the ball and he's looking for that quick distribution, I mean, I had it all season with Everton. It is frustrating, but I think... That's instilled by by Gareth Southgate, isn't it? He wants that yeah. quick, that quick distribution from him. Um, it's just a bit frustrating to watch every time you see him kick it out over and over again, or it doesn't reach a player, or he's targeting Sterling, who's not obviously going to win the ball in the air.
1: The thing is, is that he is the best option as a ball playing goalkeeper. The other options at this point for England in uh, you know Tom Heaton is a very good shot stopper. Um, had a pretty good season at Burnley. Um, and obviously Jack Butland who's stuck in the championship at Stoke and it's difficult, I mean he's not going to get into the <laughs> England team while he's playing at Stoke, he needs to move this summer ASAP uh, so we can start seeing eyes on him, see if he's got any capability with playing out from the back.
3: I'm not convinced him as a goalkeeper to be honest. Jack Butland? Yeah, I thought I saw too many mistakes uh, stakes for, for Stoke in the last two seasons. Well he did play and in goal for a team friendly. that
1: got relegated ultimately didn't he? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there is that black mark against him. No, that's not true. He was injured, wasn't he, that season? So I'll take the back. Sorry, Jack.
2: In any event, Portugal are your new reigning, defending, fighting,
1: heavyweight-friendly
2: champions of the world. And
1: cool. That's basically it, mate. I mean, they got to play in their own backyard um, and the stadium was half full. That shows how little people really cared about. The English... (laughs) Some of the England fans that went over there to watch the football, they went over there and they supported the team excellently. Some of them that went over there to just be England fans abroad, you know, fuck you, basically. Uh, but the fa- the fans inside the stadium, I thought, did a really good job, um, got properly behind the team. It felt like a, a home game for, the, for England, for against the Holland. Incredible support, wasn't incredible it? Incredible, really, bearing in mind um, minor tournament in Portugal, you know, it's, it, it, credit
3: to I them. Think, I think I think we took 20,000 and the rest of the nations were like even hold that were only taking like 4 or 5,000. Yeah. So that's good. Well,
2: lads on tour is not <laughs> You know, you don't get a chance to have a have a dust up uh, and a couple of babies in the sun very often. I've just boosted the table, sorry. Um you may notice boys and girls that there is the rain. Now it's been absolutely pissing it down all day here in in sunny London. So if there's a bit of a Pitter-patter on the window that you can hear. We apologise profusely from the bottom of our empty hearts. Should we go to the next segment? The main event. The reason why we all came here today. A review.
1: Absolutely. You're going to tell them the rules?
2: I am going to tell them the rules. So, what's going to happen is this, boys and girls. Thomas Woods and Lee Collard have both been assigned a team. It's ten teams, in fact. Where are those ten teams from? The Premier League. Of course they are. And what we're going to do is we are going to run through each of the teams in the Premier League. And we're going to have three minutes to discuss how they did. Now, if we're now See, right, this has the potential to go on forever, right? Because we all know that once that boy on the Skype cam over there starts talking about Chelsea for sure, it's game over, right? And Lee, well, he's more worried about stretching out three minutes, I think, if I'm honest with you.
3: So... Not not for Chelsea. Not for Chelsea. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to go to town on Chelsea then, I don't think.
2: So, at the end of three minutes, I'll be the official adjudicator for this. At the end of three minutes, this will happen. A nice blast of the whistle. Now, if someone then refuses, refuses to adhere to the referee's whistle, when that sound happens, you're in trouble.
3: Get ready, Woods. You're going to be hearing that a lot, I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sound
2: of trouble. The sound of trouble. So, we're going to do this in alphabetical order because doing it in the order of the league is pretty boring because then it's just like, oh, they came eighth, and then, oh, they came ninth, and then, oh, they came tenth, and that's just bloody fucking boring. So, I'm going to get an alphabetical list of the teams up already. I haven't done it yet, so hold on. Just getting an
3: alphabet. Well, you know, while we
2: start... I believe Arsenal are the A-team. The A-
3: it's in the WhatsApp group, it probably is it, because you've gone to yeah. the league table, mate, which is it not in the alphabetical order I'll go, that you crave.
2: I'll go to the WhatsApp thing. Who has who has Arsenal?
3: I have Arsenal, mate. You have
2: Arsenal. Okay, okay, that's good. Oh, look, it's there, look. Wood's already did the work for me.
1: Yes, uh, I will Wonder. say, not alphabetical order, but deliberately done so... Slightly. 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 Slightly, so I get Everton and Lee gets Chelsea.
2: Yes, um, that's for the viewers spoiler alert and we see that yeah we'll, we'll get into it so Arsenal I'm going to start the stopwatch now I would like to, to talk to me about how Arsenal did this season
3: okay well Woods I don't know if you've gone in with some grades I've gone in with some grades for my team outstanding and starting with Arsenal I've gone with a C- now I think if you look back on the season. They did have some good moments. Ultimately, we're going to probably remember the latter part in terms of them not winning the Europa League and not qualifying for the Champions League via the league, or obviously winning the uh, the final. However, I think we have to be realistic with uh, Arsenal. It was the first season for Emery. I think we needed to give him some leeway, and he's done an okay job, it's hence the C, but with the minus. Um, it has been a bit of a funny old season with them. <sighs> There's been some bright points with Lacazette, with Abamayang. Uh, they've been banging in the goals, although you could argue that Emery probably hasn't quite utilised them to maybe their full potential, or not quite knowing where to put them together on the pitch. Um, but we know with Arsenal, it's the same, oh, shit, isn't it? It's, it's the defence, um, <laughs> and ultimately the probably was, you know, cost them a top four position in, in the league, and we could probably refer to the uh, sorry the Europa League final where. You know they just crumbled, and that's kind of you know something we've been harping on about with Arsenal for fucking years now. Um, An agent uh they signed a Lichtensteiner. Come on,
1: no, you getting no, old clown shoes amusement. Mustafi, the <laughs>
3: um, and then of course the big one, Mustafi. Mustafi. Um, whilst that guy continues to play, whilst that guy continues to make mistakes, you, you, you're always going to struggle.
2: I agree with you 100% because Mustafi is appalling.
1: The mad, okay? the mad thing about Arsenal's season is I, I completely agree with you C-grade. minus They were four games probably from having a B-grade, you know, top four and a Europa League trophy. And it, like you say, the, the, their defence completely let them down at their biggest moments. Um, if you kind of think of the, the Brighton game, but there's even Palace, wasn't it? Palace was the start of the complete collapse um, in their run-in. Uh, where they conceded three goals at home. Uh, one of them was absolutely hilarious by Mustafi, who tried to shepherd a ball back that was never going to get back to the keeper. Um, they have got a conundrum with um, with Lacazette and Aubameyang, um, especially now they only have apparently £45 million to spend. They may well have to cash in on one of them to strengthen another areas, where they may well be better off doing. Uh, it'll be interesting to see which one they go with.
3: I, I think that's a big shout. I think they have to persevere with the pair of them because ultimately they were, they were bailing them out this year. If you take one of them away, I appreciate you're going to say the recruit in defence, but I think it's a big, tall order to, to sort out that defence. Um, I, I, you know, I just don't see it happening myself.
1: Oh, it's going to be an interesting summer for them, that's for sure. There, go. there goes
2: Arsenal. See you later, Arsenal. For my money, by the way, they need to also sort out of their midfield. Just put it out there.
0: Mm,
3: yeah. Well, Terer- they getting rid of
2: Xhaka for the rumoured £50 million million <laughs> Well, there you go, on. mate. That's
3: where they're making their money, mate, and that's where they can address their defence, mate, getting rid of Xhaka for £50 to into Milan, which <laughs> I still <laughs> can't. <laughs> if believe. they can get a full season out of Torreira instead of half a season,
1: that will help as well. Definitely.
2: So, Brighton and Hove Albion escaped the relegation by the skin of their teeth, if I remember correctly. I'm That is remember. true. I cannot remember a single thing that happened last year, especially when it comes to the likes of Brighton. I did learn that Chris Hughton's 60 years old. How old is that? Really fucking old for a manager. I always thought he was like an up-and-coming manager, but he's not. <laughs> lightning, we just had some lightning. And with that bombshell, Woods, talk to me about Brighton.
1: See, good place to start, Chris Hughton. I was a bit shocked when they got rid of Chris Hewton. Um I thought it was a bit of a surprise. He managed to keep him in the Premier League. Then I dug a bit... Wait a one, one second, dude. We've now got some thunder...
2: Uh, this could be a fun. We could have a creepy podcast. I've, I've paused your time. Okay, so do Good. You've still not got, mugging uh, me uh, of my time. You're, you're not. I'm not destroying your time <laughs> allocation, right? But I'm just saying for the fans at home listening, the summer thunder is a happening. Yeah. Okay. Woods. Right. Carry on, my friend.
1: When you dig a bit deeper into it, he's had a fucking nightmare season, mate. They uh, avoided the drop by two points. Um, they got three points from their final five games. When you're thinking they're in a relegation fight, three points from their final games, and they only survived because Cardiff went to Fulham, who were already relegated and only went and fucking lost. Um, They survived also due to the fact they had a very strong October, three from three, and also had a very infamous win against Manchester United. So they had a relatively solid start, but they had two wins since the start of the year away at Palace and home against Huddersfield. So Palace, awful at home as well. So basically, those are gimme games. Uh, This is after they spent £79 million in the summer. £79 million they spent. And they ultimately, when you look at their this season, nine wins, 36 points, 35 goals, 60 conceded. Last season, they had four more points. They... Kind of scored the same amount of goals, 34, but ultimately conceded less. So they've been worse despite spending 79 million pounds. 17 million on the Yakim who basically went through the season, 19 games, goose egg goals, goose egg assists. Nothing, mate. Absolutely nothing. There's so many players on here. I'm like, Basuma. He at least played 28 games, um, but ultimately didn't help them strengthen them defensively. Uh, it's, 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 it's no surprise they've, the, the club have got rid of them. And I saw a lot of people in football that came out in support of Chris What has he fucking done to keep his job? I think they've made the right choice with going with Graham Potter. I, I don't know enough about Potter to go into him at all. I think he was at Swansea last year. I think there's a feeling that he plays a much more progressive style of football, which will get more out of players like Jahan Bash who they spent 17, 17 fucking million pounds on. Um, so maybe next season it'll be interesting to see how they progress with these players. But yeah, absolute fucking mess. Um, and for what it's worth as well, on the expected points, so the expected goals were kind of there or thereabouts. It was it was pretty much the same. They, they would have been relegated had teams got their expected points this season. That's how bad they were.
2: Final thoughts for you, Mr Collard?
3: Um yes hard not to disagree with that. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Any Forsley, whistle. Yeah. Mate, just a quick one on, on, on this with uh, with the new guy coming in. Um he made his name in Scandinavia, didn't he? Um <laughs> Like like another manager we know. Is that it? What's that? Unlike another manager we know.
2: I don't know who you're talking about. We'll, we'll get to him later. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Lee, I'm course. not. I'm not going to be allowed to say anything, am I? About the price? No, Bryson? you're, you're, you're okay, not. Okay, fair enough. You're
2: not. Um, but however, you can talk to me about another B team, my friend. A B team, Bournemouth.
3: I think Woods, I might trump you a little bit with, uh, you know, well, basically, mm. Bournemouth spent eighty million, so eleven million more than than Brighton, and conceded seventy. Grand. How many did you say Brighton conceded? Could they conceded 69? sixty. 60? 60. 60 goals they conceded. Bryson conceded 70. Bournemouth, you mean. Bournemouth, sorry. <laughs> Bournemouth. That South South that's South Coast team. That's relegation form. Obviously, they've got bailed out by the goals this year from, uh, from Wilson, uh, the likes of uh, Ryan Fraser. Um, Poor old King, mate. King as well, yeah. No, King stepped up as well. With, with Fraser though, he has been their standout player this year and he will, he will definitely move away, I think, in the summer because bigger clubs will come for him. Um, I think he was only second to Hazard. Uh, where, where, where have I got my stats? We've got 14 assists. So second to Hazard. On, on Are you X serious? <laughs> that's that's unbelievable. This is what got Bournemouth away. Well, I don't know if you could ever say away from a relegation zone. They were kind of always flirting with it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot of goals to concede. And, you know, can they continue to rely on scoring the amount of goals? I think Eddie Howe is a little bit overrated.
2: I was just about to ask you, oh. Eddie Howe, is he there next year?
3: Oh, yeah, without a shadow of doubt, he's there. They, they, unless, you know, an, a bigger club comes in for him, which is, you know, he's always kind of touted as the up-and-coming English manager. But he plays pre- pretty football, attractive football, but he he's a lot of goals. There's almost an element of uh, Bobby Martinez about him.
1: That's, that's a fair comparison. Both both managers obviously make their, their names as kind of this more progressive style of football, despite
3: playing in a lesser-known team. Um, I I, I will give it to him, you know, obviously he has got like essentially the smallest club in in, in the Premier League. It's almost difficult to kind of gauge where you think uh, Bournemouth should be, where they should finish, because, you know, they've been in the Premier League now four seasons. This season was their second worst finish since, you know, coming into the Premier League, since since their debut campaign. So it it almost feels like kind of almost a step backwards with them. Um, only a minor step backwards because, like I said, you know it's hard to gauge where you really think they should. Could they be top 10? Probably not. No. No. So, you know, ultimately their goal every season is to stay in the Premier League.
1: Especially with their signings. I mean, you, you talk about the, the 80 million they spent. They spent 21 million on Dom Solanke. Like that's, we didn't even that's see fucking, him feature. No, I, I, this is it.
3: I don't know if he actually did anything. I think, was it another 30 million on Lerma? Uh, yes, who... Based on his World Cup performances, basically, and he's. Just, I think that's another area where he's a bit questionable as well, Eddie. How is his recruitment? Absolutely fair enough. You know, there's there you know there's a Ryan Fraser in there, but then that was like several. Jordan years ago, I I believe. I Jordan
1: Ivey. They spent fifteen I... million on Jordan ive to do nothing. It, I I think fourteenth, it's okay. Um, I think the teams above them probably are all bigger teams, um, but as teams kind of start to, fo- <laughs> yeah, I'll stop. <laughs> um, quick one well, my grade for yeah, Bournemouth grade. was D. D. D, D. I've given them a D I didn't give D Brighton a grade, grade. Um, I'll, I'll give them a grade now D minus because they would have got an F if they got relegated but I'll give them a D minus was that for Brighton that is for Brighton
2: okay we're now gonna go all the way to another B and probably the B that I dislike the most Burnley talk to us about
1: would well, we said going into the season, uh, these were a sneaky candidate to get themselves relegated because of the Europa League. Um, and their start of the season was hot garbage. Um, 13 defeats out of their first 19 um, bef- before Christmas. However, they did turn it around um, after Christmas where they won eight um, and only lost seven. Now, there's a couple of reasons for this. Obviously, they got knocked out of the Europa League. uh, I think it was only in the qualifying rounds, and that actually happened at the end of August. So between September and December, they were still no good. Um, The big change came when they decided to replace their summer signing of Joe Hart uh, with Tom Heaton, and then their defence started to look like a defence again. Um, They also, I mean, the thing with Burnley, when you look at their last year, they finished 7th. Uh, 54 points, uh, 36 goals, uh, 39 conceded. The thing is, is that everyone that knows the numbers knows that that was a
3: myth. That position was a lie. Um, Sorry, Wiz, I'm just going to quickly support you with that. I noticed from doing this review that clubs have got more points this year, but finished lower.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think that, that, that they profited from, I think that the teams that have now all moved above them from having probably... Poor seasons, really. I think that was part of the case. I mean, their end of season, Bernie, last year was awful. Um, And they basically finished seventh because the teams below them just didn't do enough. But their expected goals against last year was 52. And they only conceded 39. And that's ultimately why they ended up where they they, they did in seventh. Um, This year, they conceded 68 Um, So kind of that's an extra 30 goals on top of what they considered the year before, which is what's impacted them to finish 15th this season. Um, Money spent this uh, this summer, 29 million total spent, 15 of it on um, Ben Gibson from Middlesbrough, who played one game. A 5-1 defeat mm. to Everton. That doesn't look like good money spent. Uh, they spent £4 million on <laughs> Joe Hart, only to basically want to get rid of him now. Um, and they spent £10 million on uh, Vidra, who played 13, got one goal, one assist. So none of the money they've spent here has really benefited them at all. The kind one... of championships. It is proper championship signings. The Ben Gibson one's a weird one because he was touted as a potential England player when he was in the Premier League and just before the Premier League with Borough but I don't know what happened there this season for him to play just one game. He needs to get out of there ASAP. Uh, Bright spot, Dwight McNeil, uh, 19-year-old obviously, came in. 19 games, three goals, two assists. He looked lively the couple of times that I did see him, um, which was mainly against Chelsea. Um, He's pretty tall, athletic, kind of build for that that wing position. Um, But, you know... They benefited from not pulling the trigger on Dyche when the pressure was on pre-Christmas.
2: You need a grade, though. You need a grade. I'll
1: give them a C-. minus.
2: Um, one thing I will just quickly say on that, because it's my show and I can do what I want. Yeah? <laughs> it's not my show, of course, but I'm... I'm... You know what I mean. Um, it's worth having Burnley in the league for next year just so Sean Dyche can be mugged off by VAR. Oh... Um, Right? It's all I want. And his one-man diving crusade... I... Oh... I hate the man. I hate the man. Do you have anything in, in support of Burnley Lee? quickly, whilst no, I figure like out Burnley. which team?
3: I don't like talking about Burnley.
2: Well, now you're going to talk about Cardiff instead. <laughs> yeah? From Burnley to Cardiff, a true rogues gallery of teams we're going through here. And off you go, my friend.
3: Mate, three minutes about Cardiff. Maybe if I just continue to talk about Cardiff like this, then I can kill some time. Um... <laughs> Three minutes on Cardiff. Well, I've given them an F because ultimately... An F? Wow! <laughs> well, well, well think, think about it. They, they, their remit was to stay in the Premier League. Did they do that? No. They, they got relegated. Um, however, I'm I can... Cannot... Fucking
2: like this guy, man. Like, you know, don't what? get... No, F, mate. F. He's fucking ruthless. Can
3: you give him a D for, 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 for getting relegated? especially as well in the fashion of, uh, way it panned out towards the end. I mean, there are some, you know, factors along the way in which I will discuss. Um, the main issue for, for, for Cardiff City was they couldn't score. They could not score for Toffee. They had a defender up front for a large part of the season uh, in Patterson. Um And they, obviously they tried to address this in January and obviously we have to touch upon the appalling uh, the, uh, tragedy of, you know, Emiliano Salah. Um, The club, you know, in terms of the actual, you know, what happened, they dealt with it relatively well, you know, dealt with it as well as they could do in the circumstances. But ultimately, they didn't sign a striker in the end. And, you know, I think that probably cost them. They scored 34 goals in the season and conceded 69. To me, that says relegation form. Um, You know, it was a typical Warnock, you know, side in terms of there was a lot of Hustle and bustle, and you know, energy, and they—they they tried, but there, there was there's a complete lack of quality throughout the whole team. Um, Sol Bamba is, you know, probably one of your better players of the season. It's, it's not good, is it? Um, <laughs> I, I I generally don't know where you know what else you can say about Cardiff. For, for, for me,
2: the... the die was cast when when I watched their first couple of games of the season, and their entire attack pattern was lump it into box from deep <laughs> mixer. Get it in the mixer, yeah. I was like, oh, wow, this is what we're going to look forward the, to. The thing, this the thing is, as
3: well, they, they didn't really spend any money. They, they spent, I think, what we've got here, in the Championship, they, when they got promoted, they were the 10th highest spending in the Championship. God. They then get promoted to the Premier League. And I don't know if it's that owner, Vincent Tan, if he learned his lesson from last time and, you know, he's trying to splash out and buy all these players. I think he's maybe stuck to uh, uh, his guns in terms of, right, well, we're going to try and do it maybe a bit more sustainably. You know, ultimately, it still it still ended in the same result for him, and that's relegation.
1: They came up too soon, I think, from the Championship, but that was something that was said about them, that they weren't ready to come up. They hadn't built up a, well, the, a squad.
3: They'd been awful, hadn't they, the yeah. season before? And then Warnock come in, and not only did he stabilise them, as you said, it was a shock promotion, and they've come up with a very... You, you could almost argue a standard average Championship side.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was so shocking that Warnock had a shocked look on his face all season. <laughs> the <laughs> the most damning thing sorry Mikey the most damning thing just to go back to it is them going to Fulham
0: <laughs> I now, know what you're going to say it's that Fulham it's game, that Fulham game mate I'll allow, I'll allow game. this I'll allow
3: this it's the Fulham game which kind of almost summarised their season you know they needed to go and score goals get a win against a team that was already in the mind probably already relegated. they were relegated yep. they were already relegated, relegated and they couldn't score
1: yeah garbage
3: garbage
2: Garbage. Do you know what else is garbage? Crystal Palace is home form. It, oh,
1: God, was it garbage, mate? Absolutely. Um, five home wins all season. Um, only 19 goals. That's an average of a goal a, a game at home. Home. A, a place which actually, I think, um, over the last couple of seasons, has been a bit of um, a stomping ground. You know, they've had a really good home uh, form. Based... The ultras. Yes, exactly. Lee knows. They moved the Ultras, didn't they? The Ultras wanted to move behind the goal. The club said No. Ultra stayed away for the first part of the season, impacted them negatively. Away form, however, bailed them out. Um, They got nine away wins, 32 goals on the road. And I think that's because it plays into their style of football. Uh, Their their style is counter-attack. In in Zaha, they've got one of the more lethal players in the league to be able to do it. But comparing seasons, um, I think they're actually a place lower than they were last year. They finished 12th. uh, But they did get three more wins. Um, Five more points... 49 points this season and then six more goals. So overall, a positive season. Um, Milohoy- um, I'm going to struggle to say this one. Milojevic, right? 12 goals. How many of those were penalties?
3: 11. 12. 10.
1: Which is actually a Premier League record. <laughs> Premier League record. Zaha with 10 goals as well. Um, they spent, like, fuck all money in the summer. They only spent 10 million, which was all on Koyate. Uh, they did get Batshuayi in on loan in um, in January who played 11 games five goals so a pretty good return um, on that the fo- they have a Max Meyer as well they also got Max Meyer now that, yes when I say 10 million that's not including what the fuck they're playing Max Meyer to be at Crystal Palace which could be an obscene amount of money by all accounts I think over 100 grand is, is what I've, I've heard murmured I don't know what's that's this-
2: what I've heard as well Yeah, and, and
1: he, he he's a football manager legend but he Offered not a lot for me. Um, th- basically, when they were good was when Zaha was good. And when Zaha wasn't good, they weren't either. Uh, their form significantly improved in the second half of the season, which is always a positive spin as well. So they- they're going to the next season on a high. But the question marks remain. Will they hold on to Zaha this season? This summer, sorry. Can they, can they go into the next season with Zaha? Do you see it?
3: If a Tottenham want to... Get involved, and I think you know that, that would be a realistic target and a realistic place that Zaha would like to go to. Yeah. It's, in, it's in London. He's a London boy. You know how he struggled in Manchester previously, a bloke when he was a bit younger. If
2: Manchester United go and pay £60 million for one Bissaka, Crystal Palace all of a sudden don't need the money.
3: That's
1: fair. That's a fair point. Um, although I do wonder if Zaha will kick a fuss.
3: I, I, I think they're, they're respectful to each other yeah. in terms of the club and the player player loves the club and the club obviously need him i feel like you know if zaha said look you know i've given my all i do want to move on it i'm coming towards you know the peak of my career i think he's like 27 now he's in around that age just to
2: point out this is a club who have framed pictures of ian dowey adorning their stadium inside the walls right a player like zaha they want to keep him forever He's He's, he's invaluable to them um what was the grade by the way
1: uh, you know what? I'll give them a. I'll give them a B B-minus. Generous. Like, and it's... Maybe, maybe. I, I just kind of feel that when you when you improve on what you had last season, and you don't have a massive outlay like all the other teams around them. I mean, like we have said, Brighton spent seventy odd million. They spent ten, and yet they... how much will they
2: be getting for finishing twelve?
1: In money in the league, I, I couldn't yeah. tell you, but I, I'm sure it's more than ten million.
3: Well, this is it, right? It's got to be more than ten million. Um, It'll be hundred plus.
2: Now, the first intriguing one of the day, not that the other ones were intriguing, this just has a little bit more space to it, brother. Mr Collard is going to take us through Sari, Sari
3: Well, yeah, that's where obviously we're going to start with Chelsea, I think. He's been the, uh, the topic throughout the whole season, um, whether it be the positivity at the beginning where, you know, Sari was the greatest thing since sliced bread, to fuck Sari Ball when as we approach the uh, sort of the winter months. Um <laughs> Woods, I probably I will leave you a little space to get involved with Chelsea because I know you'll probably be itching to say something. You might even have some stats, oh, I don't know. But I think I think we touched upon it maybe last week actually. I think, you know, we have to look overall at Chelsea's season as being a success. They've they've finished third and they secured a Champions League. They also won a European trophy which we've also secured in the Champions League. Um However, you know, the season has been riddled in almost turmoil. You know, you kind of don't know what's happened to Sari. He's got the fans, the fans are on his back. Um, and, you know, and the thing is, you can't see moving forward unless he goes and does something, you know, ridiculous next year, if he's given the time, is that he, will he ever get them fans on board? And I think that's the, probably the damning thing from this season that he's, he's lost the fans and I don't think he'll ever win them back. I don't know maybe Woods might. feel He's gone, to me, mate. But he's gone already. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like you know, you say he's gone already, but you know he's still there at the moment. And then you kind of almost kind of leaving yourself into a situation like you did last year, the, the, where you bring in a manager late. Yeah, I completely and, agree. And that's what you have to take into consideration. You know, he did come in late. He was given some some transfers. You know, some of which are his own, uh, which I do want to touch upon the recruitment. Um, Kepper. Was it 90 million? 70. 70, sorry? Still a lot of money. I'm not I'm not convinced. I'm he convinced by him for what it's worth. Silver. So
1: I, I think he's a superstar
3: in the making. Mm, well, we well, said this maybe about De Gea when he first comes to the Premier League. Um,
2: oh, to be fair, I, just, uh, I've been in your shoes, Woods, yeah. where I've defended a guy mm. that I think is good and no one else does for what? For the weird thing is I'm with Lee on this one I ain't seeing it
3: that's the thing I, I'm, I'm troubled as the season went on
2: I know I know what you mean though do you know what I mean because yeah. so I'm sure that do you know what I mean
3: the thing is that pissed me, pisses me off or you, you, you struggled to give the leeway with Kepa is obviously the debacle which happened at the League Cup final if that hadn't happened then you may be given a bit more leeway but um, it wasn't a nice moment um, ironically probably the, the, the moment that kind of turned your season into something a bit more positive or kind of United the players a little bit. You started to pick up some results and you had the momentum going into the Europa League. It's been, it's been a struggle. There has been some bother positives though. Um, actually, I was still talking about the recruitment. Very quickly, Jorginho shit, uh, Coffesit shit. However, hudson Adoy and Loftus-Cheek cementing, well especially Loftus-Cheek and hudson Adoy getting into the team. He's been a bright spot. Obviously, England call up for him and there we go.
2: So Woods, you're going to talk about uh, the next team, right? No, <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously, by all means, my friend, I, I'll give you, I'll give you some time.
3: I would have liked to have said more about Jorginho, but obviously, I was running out of time, so all I could do was summarise it with shit. I mean, and he has been shit. It, I mean, he hasn't, but that's okay. Um,
1: <laughs> regarding Sari, the he is gone. He's going to be announced as the Juventus manager this week. Um, that's good for him. Um, I think it's also positive for the club as well. His reluctance to play Callum Hudson the Doyle almost cost us a player that's got star potential. He he would have been at Bayern Munich. Um and I, I kind of feel that this new contract that's now going to be signed the five year deal. Uh two reasons, uh, Achilles and sorry. Um he won't be remembered fondly, obviously, by a lot of fans. Um he ultimately was his own worst enemy and that's
3: all I'll say about it. Greed. Uh I, 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 I'm I was toying with all the Bs here. B minus, B plus, or just a solid B. I'm going to go with B minus. Yeah, I mean... The f- just, just due to the turmoil. In terms of, if you look at it on paper, third place, Europa League, great. But then obviously we know what happened throughout the whole season. That's probably what... Gives the fact there is: it.
2: the season itself in isolation can be viewed viewed as a success. However, it's not viewed as a success in the grand scheme of things at Chelsea because once again, you find yourself Starting again. at... Fucking step one, this time with no hazard.
3: Yeah, that which is an Again, actual nightmare, mate. Hazard, but yeah, we, we know that. Sixteen and fifteen. Your biggest player is gone. Yeah, yes, yeah. That's that's a big 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 there's a massive it's hole. It's okay, there.
2: they've got Willian. Um right, Woods, my friend. You get to have your own back now. I know. <laughs> Here is your review of Everton.
1: You know what I I, I think Everton have had an pretty okay season Um, at one point it did look like it was getting away from silver big time um the form from december to march uh was was just awful uh but they i think they finished with six wins out of ten including wins against chelsea arsenal and manchester united so really positive end to the season for everton to go into next season um 8th finish, finished 8th the year before, but 5 points better off this year. These are the key stats, though, Lee. He's scored 10 more goals this season, um, which at one point didn't look like. There was a lot of comparisons between, obviously, Allardyce and and Silva, uh, but 10 more goals, and it is an incredible stat. 12 less conceded.
3: Mate, that that was that helped with the uh, the second half of the season, or well, as you said, from probably March onwards, it's incredible. When we really, start to rack up some some clean sheets on on the bounce, on the spin.
1: And then looking at the kind of the expected goals and the expected uh, conceded, it, it's a fair reflection of the season. Um, it's it's not it's not like there's an anomaly in there. It's not like a goalkeeper's been out there basically saving ridiculous shots. It's a fair reflection. Um, where the season before uh, the expected was forty seven points this season fifty five. So it does show progression. Um. Ten home wins versus five away, so that you know home form's much better than their away form um set pieces continue to be a big problem for silver uh, I couldn't find anything though about the end of season form it was certainly up to March February March where I think it was a ridiculous amount you know in terms of the percentage of th- we can
3: see the twenty I think in total over the season, twenty from set pieces excluding like. Penalties. Yeah. Silver's
1: got a freak, direct kick. He's got a rep. Um sixty percent I think is kind of his um goal conceded ratio in in terms of his uh goal conceded from set pieces, which isn't good. And it does show that there's a weakness in what he he's doing on the training ground. Uh thirteen goals from Guilfi, thirteen goals from Richarlison. Um not much else to talk about goal scoring um which there's a big hole in that centre forward position. I know that you uh, talk uh, quite highly of Calvert-Lewin. He does work hard. He does offer a lot in that sense, but I think you could do with someone that can at least put the ball in the back of the net. I saw the links immediately with um, Mitrovic from Fulham. I think that'd be a really good upgrade if you can get him in. Um, He's, Probably going to be available from that club, bearing in mind the relegation. 90 million spent in the summer, and that does include just 35 million pounds spent on Richarlison. So I know that will make you smile, Lee. Uh, 27 on Mina, though. Uh, that doesn't seem to have paid off. Only biggest disappointment. Yeah, I, I don't know. Did he have quite a few injuries? He only played thirteen games this season. He came in, he came in injured, and he
3: kind of never got going. Yeah, that was his issue. He was given some spells in the team, but he never looked quite comfortable enough. No, um, I think hold a position.
1: I think once Keenan and Zuma got a decent partnership together, it's quite mm. difficult to break that up if you are Silver as well, because you can see that's working positively. And to break that up, you are just going to give yourself problems. Um, eight, <laughs> just one thing, Dinya Quality signing, mate.
3: <laughs> Thank you.
1: Four goals, four assists.
2: Do we have a grade?
1: Um, you know what? Bearing in mind that where they were this time last year under Allardyce, I'm going to give them a B B+. Because I think there's, there's a lot of positives to take away from changing the style of football. Um, and I think there's there's positive things to come. Be a very interesting summer for that club.
3: Slightly generous, Mark, I feel. Um, a B or a C-plus would maybe be... Been- Bit more realistic, I think. However, you you had all the stats there, but aesthetically on the eye compared to last year, massive difference. Just to- especially towards the end of the season and the beginning, we we all know our season fucked up when we went to Liverpool and then we considered that horrendous goal yeah. by Pickford to Rigi. Um, If that hadn't happened, maybe we would have been talking about a slightly better season. But
1: remember, you did cost them the title um, with the draw. And also, just on Luca Dena, before we move on, he's the ninth-ranked player in the Premier League this season based on uh, who scored uh, numbers. So that's how good he's been.
3: Well, and an upgrade that we've required on Leighton Baines for a good couple of seasons now. Absolutely.
2: Let's talk about a team that need upgrades across the park. Fulham. They uh, had a terrible season, and uh, Lee's going to give them probably an F.
3: I think i uh, I'm thinking.
2: Lower if, than I, an if,
3: F? If I, if, I gave, if I gave Cardiff an F, then surely I think Fulham probably deserve a lower grade. Can you get a lower grade after F? Is it just ungraded? Ungraded, mate. That's, that's how yeah. bad they've been. Um, woof. <laughs> I, like many other people, not including Woods, went into the season thinking, Fulham could do something here. I was blind, I was naive and I was stupid. I saw the numbers, I saw the players and I was like, hello, Fulham are going to do something this year. Um, What I didn't take into account was their defence, the fact that they came up from the Championship with the worst defence of the top six or yeah, of the people that uh, the teams that finished in the playoffs. They never really addressed that and ultimately that, that's was cost them this season in terms of yeah the number of goals they conceded which i believe 81 81 goals conceded Whoa. that's a lot of goals um they've had some managerial changes as well for for this season which never helps a team never you know there was no stability um i think the fans got on the players back from the outset like when they were conceding. Because I think their first two or three games, they weren't too bad. You know, They were, they were scoring and conceding, but they were picking up a few points. Once that stopped, once they stopped picking up those points and they were just conceding goals, um, yeah, the pressure built on the first manager, uh, Jankovic, uh, or Jankovic, sorry. Um, he. he,
2: he... Bruv, you could have given me half an hour. I would have never named that manager. <laughs>
3: He, he he's he's a um you know he was the Watford guy wasn't he and he was known for his more attacking football but not really knowing what to do defensively, which is what I think was evident in the uh when they were in the championship and then when you come into the Premier League with the bigger boys, so to speak, it got found out even more um so yeah and then the the Claudio Ranieri signing well that was that was a name that was the fact that you've won a, a premier league um you know you you you've managed some of the biggest clubs in Europe and then come and sort out our relegation issues, something you've probably never actually been in before. Um, it, it was a bit bewildering. Um, maybe you can maybe look at it from an aspect of he's a great man man, uh, man management, you know, that will big up the players, but ultimately what they needed in that situation was probably...
2: Sam Allardyce to the rescue. Well, Sam
3: Allardyce or even, you know... Maybe David
2: Moyes bringing up the rear.
3: A Scotty Parker, you know, he no. came, he came in towards the end of the season and he he shored it up at the back, but, you know, to an extent with what he could do. But, yeah. Um, biggest disappointment, though, for me was Ryan Sessegnon. I was... I appreciate, obviously, he was in a, in a, in a team that was obviously struggling, but for me, he, he kind of never got going. He looked a little bit out of his depth. And, he looked nervous. Yeah.
1: He looked nervous.
2: Speaking of Sessegnon, though,
1: long. one year left on his contract, refusing to sign an extension.
3: Mm. He's up for grabs this summer. Yeah. Mitrovic, though. Good one. And... <laughs> We should see him at Evan, hopefully.
2: One thing on Mitrovic, he... Uh, I'll hang on a second. <laughs> That's right, Michael, shut up. I
3: thought it was your own rules, that you can do what you want. This is, I can You're do what maverick. I want. This is true.
2: Um, one thing on Mitrovic, the guy disappeared for most of the season.
3: Um, I think that is one of his uh, questionable traits, isn't it? You know, he can get a bit disinterested if things aren't going his way. Um his is effort on the pitch is sometimes questioned as well. However, if you put him in a better team, a better environment, maybe maybe get a bit more out of him.
2: Would you like to know who else is going to be quite disinterested right now? Um, <laughs> the listeners of this show, because our friend me, me and Leaf sit here every week and we sit there and go, our friend Tom Woods, Tom Woods, right? Our friend Tom Woods right now has got to spend three minutes.
3: And he's looking at their notes minutes. and he's thinking, cool, I've got to stretch out for three minutes here on
2: Huddersfield oh, without fucking saying, Huddersfield. they're shit, they're shit, they're shit. <laughs> Have a maybe a minute each on Mounier and De, De Potra, <laughs> or whatever the fuck they're called. Like, how, I don't know how you're going to do this, mate. Good luck.
1: Thank you very Your much. Time timer starts now. So uh, Huddersfield, um, relegated. Last place, 16 points. That's the third worst in Premier League history after Sunderland in 06 with 15. And obviously that mighty Derby County team with 11 in 2008. Uh, 16 points. Jesus Christ. Um, they scored only 22 goals. One of them was against Manchester United. Um, they conceded 76. 76. That is 18 more than last year, 76. Their defence went to absolute shit this year. Um, one of those was against Manchester United. Um, David Wagner somehow, somehow got out of dodge. So David Wagner, talking about him, he had a really good year. He can't take anything away from him. He managed to get Huddersfield into the damn Premier League and then kept them there. That's insane. Um, turned down, I think, opportunities to leave. I think Dortmund was one of the jobs that was on the table. He's, he then decided to leave once he saw the writing on the wall. He's at Schalke. Uh, so that, you know that's that's not a bad move for him, uh, Dean Hoyt You know, not bad. It's not Dortmund, but Schalke, not bad. Uh, Dean, uh, I think the,
2: he gets out of Huddersfield. That's probably that's you know, the
1: biggest win. For could, him. could have gone anywhere. Gets out of Yorkshire. David Hoyle, who um, owned the club, has obviously sold it as well. Um, the most incredible statistic, though, about Huddersfield season is that they beat Wolves twice. They did the double <laughs> over. I mean, that's mental. Um, they spent forty-five million. They spent forty-five million. Admittedly, they just—I don't know if there is some dodgy links here with Monica. They spent eighteen million on Congolo, who did play thirty-two games um, and will probably look good in the division below next season. Um, and Diacabi is—they spent nine million on him. Um, he, he only uh, played twelve games and got hurt. But their best signing was uh, Carlin Grant, who came in from Charlton in January for one point mm. five million, four goals in twelve games to go on top of his fourteen and twenty-eight for Charlton. He—if they can keep hold of him. Um, he might be able to make them, you know, at least competitive. In I terms think he was back. signed
3: for the championship. I think they knew when they were signing that it's realistic. Yeah, that at that point, January,
1: you know where you're mm. going. Uh, but yeah, I think that, that, that could be a really good bit of business. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many of the players they can hold. I've heard that um, Moy might be one that might go. But then again, I don't really feel he did enough to warrant a, a Premier League club to do much about bringing him in.
3: I was about to say you know you say keep holding them players I think some of them need to be shifted on people like Moy probably is, is great for the championship but then as we alluded to at the beginning people like Mune that, are, they, are they even going to cut it in, the, in those are the sort the of players that
1: you don't want in the championship because they're the ones that are just going to switch off they and
3: ain't cost you a lot of money probably exactly home. a lot of wages especially for a team like Huddersfield yeah
1: so they'll probably be looking to loan that off the books because they'll probably struggle to sell it but it's difficult. Would you would you grade them at an F because they got relegated? It certainly wasn't a good season. Uh, but what did you expect from Huddersfield? So I will gra- F minus. <laughs> I, I'm going to give them an F because to get 16 points is disgusting. So what was their total points? Sorry,
3: 16. And they got six of those against Wolves. <laughs> yeah, and 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 also one against Manchester United. Over 33% of their points, or
1: nearly 40%, was Wolves. That's crazy, <laughs> isn't it?
2: Lee, Leicester, let's do this.
3: Let's go. Well, they finished ninth again, but uh, with more points than last year. Um, now, we know that they were... or well, they had a, a boring manager, and like this. like the, the start of this conversation that I'm talking about now. Claude Powell. Um who Claude Powell, mate it exactly was, exactly um he was never he was never a, a, a choice of amongst the fans and you have always felt throughout the season that as soon as Leicester went on a little bad run the pressure was on and I think this was evident you know until he left in, in I think it was in February time it felt like you know that the players were never kind of fully behind him they were never backing him um and they needed some change at the club um Obviously, also had Cardiff as well with their tragedy. We had one as well with with Leicester. Um, I think it was in the earlier part of the season, um, or more towards the winter time. Obviously, very sad, you know, with the uh, the chairman, the owner dying in in the circumstances that happened. Um, again, the club dealt with it very well and. They moved on, you know, as best as they could in terms of footballing sense, and you know they didn't crumble like maybe we thought they would. I th- I th- if I recall rightly, when we were doing the pods back then, we were worried that you know not only were they kind of not in a good period of form in terms of the football, but then with their owner dying as well in the circumstances, it was gonna it was gonna make for difficult times. However, they bounced back, especially when they brought in Rodgers, a bit of a coup. Um, I think we discussed it, didn't we? The fact that you know he's come from. Uh, you know, you know. Whilst it's the Scottish Premier League, you know Celtic, he's guaranteed Scottish mediocrity. Winning trophies, though, um, to go to a mid-table team in the Premier League, but with some potential to to go on and to maybe do some good things. Again, with Leicester, it's hard to judge because they won the Premier League. You know, what was it three seasons ago now? In the circumstance, you know. It was, you know, it was a miracle, wasn't it? You know, it, it, we'll never see it again. And unfortunately for Leicester, because the miracle happened to them, you know, whilst at the time it was great, they're never going to reach that point again. And it's always difficult to judge what is a good season for them. Um, you know, you kind of have to lower your expectations and go back to kind of how it was before, but now like pushing in for top 10 and maybe Europe. Um, so yeah, um, bringing Brent Rogers in has been a massive point, uh, plus point for them. Um, as is uh, the the bloke we spoke about earlier on the pod, James Madison, um, twenty million from Norwich, and he, he he looks the real deal, I think. Um, Didn't he create
2: more clear cut chances in the Premier League than any other player this season?
3: He did indeed, and he scored seven and made seven, so that's not bad return for your first season in the Premier League at his, at his age, I think, which is twenty off the top of head, maybe twenty one. Um, would you ask a question earlier about you know why is he not in the main England squad? Well. They're the, the under-21 tournament coming up, isn't there? So, I think it would be valuable for him to learn. That might be that. Okay. Grade? Yeah. Um, the grade I gave them, I gave them a C, and that was predominantly based on their second half of the season and when Rogers came in.
2: I think Leicester are a C, aren't they, really? It's fair. Yeah.
1: I'm, it's fair. I, they're the most intriguing team going into next season, I feel. Um They've got a really good, exciting young squad. Brendan Rogers with a full season. it would be very interesting to see
3: how that They've goes. still got an Ineacho, mate. A £25 million Ineacho. Yeah, let's talk
2: about Ineacho, who basically said, Manchester City, here's the league.
3: <laughs> yes. Here's the league. Speaking of Manchester City,
2: let's talk about Liverpool. That's what I should have said. There, the where
1: is the league? Yes, Liverpool. <laughs> Liverpool, Liverpool. What an unbelievable season they had! Um, Thirty games they won, ninety-seven points. That is twenty-two whole points more than they had last season. Um, Similar amount of goals. Um, They got eighty-nine this season. It was eighty-four last season. Biggest difference. 22 conceded versus 38. Their defence was solid all season. The acquisition of Virgil van Dyke the previous January and obviously Alisson for 58 million was uh, integral into that. The two fullbacks exceptional. Um, I believe that uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold got 12 assists from right back. That's insane. Uh, Robertson, 11 assists from left-back. These are just insane numbers. Uh, They had two of the three joint top goalscorers in the team, with Salah and Mane, both with 22 apiece. It was a fortress at Anfield in the league with zero defeats. Um, But, interestingly, when you look at the expected points... They managed to get 14 more points than they probably should have, which does raise a question as to where their actual position is. So they actually got 83 expected points. Uh, Man City ended up with 90 plus. Uh, so some would say that they're scoring goals which are not really uh, or low percentage goals and, and, and winning games that way. So they'll have to improve their um overall they spent oh god 164 million pounds that's an awful lot of money um but (laughs) (laughs) 54 on cater. um I said in I think probably our fifth podcast that he was going to be the best midfielder in the league by the time the season was finished and he did nothing um injury really curtailed his season um It'll be, really interesting. It'll be like having a new signing for them next season when he does come back, which is a concern because he is an upgrade on whatever else they're playing in there. Uh, Fabinho for at £40 million was uh, money well spent. Um, the ideal kind of bastard that you want in your team. Um, and he missed a, a lot of the early part of the season. Uh, certainly kind of was more featured once Klopp felt he would uh, understand the system. And then they spent £30 million on Shakiri, who at times at the start of the season looked to be a good signing. And then Klopp completely turned off him and then went with Origi instead, which was was bizarre but they had four of the 10 highest scoring players um in terms of the, the who scored player ratings uh, Salah was third virgil van dijk was fifth mané sixth and trent alexander arnold was eighth um overall european champions can't say you know much more about them they were exceptional they still didn't win the league though
3: <laughs> that's the key thing isn't it really they still didn't win the league um I, I will just add that. Well, I kind of said it then I last week, and, and I know you kind of hinting there with the uh, expected goals. But I, I am still a little bit worried that they're building platforms year by year and look to be progressing onto something potentially. And I, I know, obviously, City in their own have their own kind of dynasty and it's a lot of money. But yeah, they need an upgrade I need, on Firmino. Is, needs that whistle. Needs that whistle. They need. They need
1: six seconds extra. We gave. I you. need. I, I think they need to upgrade Firmino.
3: He was a and big disappointment this season. as well. Yeah, I think, bench. yes. And I feel that for me... Origi isn't going to be... No,
1: I think Firmino should go to the bench and they should upgrade that position if they're being exactly, serious yeah. contenders for the title.
2: Sorry, I'm stifling a yawn. Um, that was really bad, sorry. I, I just had a massive yawn. I think it's the rain. Sends me all drowsy and sleepy. Do you guys like the
3: rain? Do you like guys, I like the like, rain. You know... I
1: like the rain when I'm inside. I especially like the rain when I'm inside in a conservatory where you can hear it on the on the roof.
3: Kind of like where we've kind I like what you guys do. I'm very jealous
1: of you too. I, I I really enjoy that.
2: It is wonderfully soothing. I said to you earlier, I hope this rain lasts all night because in my room I've got that slanted windows, bro.
3: Ah, man alive.
2: Um Manchester City. Mr.
3: Collard, what grade was your Liverpool Um uh, I mean? A. A. It's fair. Yeah, this is fair it's fair. Yeah. Um, well we've got Man City yes yes Man City I've also given them an A um, they've won a domestic treble but they didn't win the Champions League so they're not getting their A star that's ultimately what City need to do now they need to win the Champions League to get you know to the pinnacle of whether you know they want to be as a football club and that is you know to be a European champion um, can you satisfy the players that they've got you know keep them there by winning domestic trebles. You know, we've seen it with, you know, Pep's done it in Germany with Bayern Munich, he's done it with Barcelona in Spain. Yeah, uh, I don't know. But, you know, we, we know City aren't a selling club. Um, it's been, you know, it has been it has been a success this year. They've done it, you know, probably without their best player or probably one of the better players in the Premier League for sure. In the best player in the Premier League for sure. Kevin De Bruyne, exactly. He is now, he's... yes, correct. That <laughs> now Hazard's moved exactly. on, he's now the best player in the Premier League. Um, interesting, I think next year moving forward, and we kind of got maybe a little uh, a glimpse of it uh, with the, you know the games just gone for England. Company has now gone; he was their, you know, their their rock so to speak. And we we sit we, you know we started to take the Mick out of him a little bit towards the end of the season, saying you know he's like you know the Wes Morgan in disguise or Wes Company, or whatever we were saying, but. I think, in on reflection, maybe we can see potentially why. Um, I know two different teams, England and and Man City. Man City have the quality in the midfield. Stones didn't have that for England. But you've got a question: why why was Stones not playing towards the end of the season when an aging, an old company is? Um, so I think that intra I think it'd be interesting moving forward because he's the club captain. He's you know, he's a big personality uh, in that dressing room. Mm. So yeah, I, I think I think that will be interesting. However, you know they've got the money, so I'm sure they're going to you know pile it into some you know some other defender that you know maybe they you know think that can become a company or maybe they think they've already got it in Laporte and Stones. Who knows? Um, big season for for Sterling and Bernardo Silva. I thought they were probably the players of the year. Um, probably I would you know in terms of stats you'd probably go Sterling. However, on the eye, I think I think Bernardo Silva. Um, Going into the season, he's no way a a, a starter for that team. Um, However, I think he established himself as an integral and important part of the team. Um, But Sterling, as I said as well, um, very impressive. I've got some numbers. He has got 23 goals and 12 assists across all competitions, 47 games. There's still room for improvement there. Um, If Guardiola stays, you see it happening. You can see him continue to improve. Um, I know we... See Guardiola as maybe a bit more of a short term project, three, four years. Is he gonna go after next year? If they win the European Cup, the Champions League, probably happens. But until that happens, I think City are probably, you know, obviously here to stay, aren't they?
2: I just really like that sound effect. I can't <laughs> argue it. It amuses me every time. Um, just a quick rebuttal, Woods, do you agree with the Man City assessment from Mr Collide?
1: Um Yeah, I mean, they were missing their best left back and the best player. Um, although what I will say is I, I'm, <laughs> Bernardo Silva might be my favourite player in the Premier League now.
3: He's up there. He's, oh, he's unbelievable.
1: Unbelievable.
3: Did you, even for Portugal uh, on Sunday, you know, yeah. I thought he was probably the best Absolutely.
1: player. Absolutely. They spent £43 million on him um, and City get a lot of criticism for the money they spend, but they do spend it wisely.
3: Yeah, they never go overboard. They just consistently no, exactly. Thing. That's their that's their thing. You know, they're always in the forties and fifty millions. Well,
1: it'll be interesting to see if Sane kicks up a stink about not going to Bayern. Yeah, first Jenga Maybe piece. You know, the first about yeah, to
3: something something Guardiola's got to, you know contend with, which we probably haven't seen in terms of especially players that he doesn't want to keep. He gets rid of. Yeah. But, you know, in terms of someone that's valuable like Sane, your future. Ballon d'Or winner, as you like to yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That clock you know. is
1: ticking already, though, I feel. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> right, we're at the stage of the game where Woods will talk about Manchester United for three minutes, and I will sit here and have a small cry.
1: Manchester United. Um, I mean, where, where do you start? I guess we'll start with Jose Mourinho, who um, in the summer was kicking a stink while the team was on tour in America about his five transfers he wanted. He wanted five, he requested five players. Those five players were Ivan Perisic, Harry Maguire, Toby Alderweireld, Jerome Boateng and Gareth Bale. So clearly identifying the centre-field area as a problem, clearly identifying the wings as a problem. Mikey, where would you say your biggest problems were this season?
2: Uh centre-half.
1: And arguably on the wing as well?
2: Oh yeah, Ryman with
1: well, right, midfielders. Field yeah. given. We so, none so, of so obviously second. Jose had identified this. He's like, "Yo, I've identified the problem here. This is a problem." Um, they got none of those players. He then proceeded to fall out with Pogba, then made up with him, gave him an arm band, then pulled it off him, and then basically called him a virus. And all of this happened, and then both Pogba won the battle, uh, the power battle at Manchester United. Jose went. Uh, they got a safe set of hands to look after the, you know, look after the team into the summer and go find the manager. Of the future. Uh Solskjaer comes in, wins 12 games um out of 21, but most importantly, he won 10 from 12. Mm. 10 from 12. That was leading up to March. 2nd of March that happens, right? The game against PSG, the second leg, was the 6th of March. After that, they lost 5 from 9 in the league. I think you can see what happened here. Certain players got Billy really Big Bollocks after they beat PSG in the Champions League. Are looking at you, Marcus Rashford. Um it's, 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 it's a really, really, really fascinating summer. Let's see. It really is. Um, they need to do better than what they did last summer. And admittedly, they only spent £74 million. Uh, 53 of that was on Fred. Who scouted that? Who scouted that? that that's <laughs> unbelievable. You know what scouting job that is? That is Man City and the press have been linked with Fred. And Woodward's gone, mine. And, and basically, he's turned up. And Mourinho's turned up and he's gone, this guy's Tiny. He doesn't fit into my fucking system. He's a he's a dwarf, um, awful signing. But I'm going to talk a little bit about um, Paul Pogba. Um, he got 13 goals, nine assists, um, and his expected goals is actually 16. So that's that's not a bad season for a centre midfielder. Um, I think seven penalties, two rebounds. Um, 7.31 in t- uh, in terms of his who-scored rating. But most interestingly for me, when he played a little bit further advance in an attacking centre midfield role, um, he was rated at 8.78. That's ridiculous. He had four goals, four assists in that position. Sorry, four goals, two assists in four games in that position for Manchester United. And you do start to think that maybe there is a player there and maybe it is a case that is just not being released and i'm starting to believe again mikey are you starting to believe again and before you blow that whistle i just want to talk about the numbers the stats because <laughs> i can see you reaching i can see you reaching uh, manchester united last season um 25 wins 81 points they scored uh, 68 goals and only conceded 28 when you look at the expected goals uh, that they should have conceded that year it was 43 David De Gea was solely responsible for that, so 15. When you look at it this season, 54 was their goals conceded. It was only 52 that they should have. Something weird has happened here. So obviously they're conceding more good opportunities, but De Gea's not saving as many. And I think that we all have eyes. We can all see that he hasn't had as good a year. Um, 62 points was their expected points last season. That is 18 less than they actually got. And that's basically what they got this season. So really, Mourinho did overachieve. He overachieved big time, Jose Mourinho. He said it was his best job that he's ever had. Right, right. hang on a
2: second. Wait, 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 wait. So, right, boys and girls back home, the reason why Woods is doing this, the reason why Woods has commandeered this... Innocent season review to talk about Jose Mourinho and and, and putting Jose Mourinho over is because after bad mouthing him all season long and mickey taking and finger pointing and besmirching his glorious name, Jose Mourinho is probably going to become the Chelsea.
1: He's man, coming right? home, and mate. Got,
2: Woods has got to go and get that fucking groundwork in there to make sure that when it does, meanly don't have much in the way of ammunition. Well, unlucky for you, Woods. It doesn't matter because Jose Mourinho is becoming the Newcastle manager, so it doesn't matter. No. Uh,
3: (laughs) We all know he's a dinosaur manager. We've called it several times.
2: Um, What what I will say, you asked me about the transfer window this this summer. Yes. It's going to be a disaster.
1: It started well. And United,
2: right. Um, What I will say is, Lee Collard, for the last couple of years, has told me that the dynasty, dynasty, is crumbling. And on the show tonight... I'm going to admit it is. Uh,
1: Yes! Oh my God. Because
2: I have never, and I I state this clearly, as clear as I can, and without any hint of hyperbole, this is the least interested I've been in anything that Manchester United do because it's just shit. All of the noises coming out of the club are just baffling, completely baffling, and... There is nothing positive to take from this. There is nothing positive to take from this whatsoever. The entire club is a fucking shambles, what, and what? it's a disgrace. I feel embarrassed to be a Manchester United fan.
3: Let, let's just wait and see what business they do do, because we always, you know, I know our boy over there. He lo- he loves to read about the uh, the transfer rumours, and that's what they are. They're rumours. I mean, just let's just wait to see. I mean, if you do go and sign a bail, and and you know, and whatever old drugs you can get. We'll have a laugh then, you know. We'll have a giggle, but until then, you
0: know, uh,
2: you know. I was signed the Welsh Antonio Valencia, so let's let's do this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Newcastle Unitedly.
3: Oh yeah, tre- tre- oh wait, wait, grade. Uh, oh, D. This has got to be, yeah. That, this is not getting D minus.
1: D- Lee just wants to really stick it in on you, Mikey, while he can. Are you
2: fucking mad? It's a fucking E.
1: Um. <laughs> Makes they, they, had, mate, they, they did beat PSG. Relegation. They, they beat PSG in the Champions League, and you know. No, mate, mate. I, I, I,
2: I'm going I'm to correct you here. We did not beat PSG in the Champions League. We scabbed PSG. We just like and we it's scabbed, PSG as well, just you know. like we scabbed. Just like we scabbed Juventus. The fact that we can try and build off of two unbelievably scabby results, where we go there and just go, you can have the ball because we're not good enough to have it because we're not confident enough to have it. Yeah, you can have the ball, and maybe we'll score a little cheesy carrot. No absolute bollocks. Fuck the lot of them. Lee, Newcastle. Have
3: I got 49 seconds of that? <laughs> no, I'll be... To be, be fair, s- no, you could have kept it, mate. That would have been helpful. <laughs> <laughs> right, just, um, just tell me
2: Solomon Rondon is the man. That's all you um,
3: Well, I have got that. He is... Well, we'll start off with him. He, I put, he, he, he was the big plus point this year in terms of players uh, for Newcastle. Um, kind of sums up the... Uh,
2: quite hot under the collar now. I think.
3: <laughs> You've got yourself all rolled up. I did. Um, yeah, with Rondon, he, he was a freebie in terms of he's on loan. Um, we all know with, with Newcastle, with Mike Ashley, whilst that guy continues to run the club, you know, there, there's no hope there. Um, and you always kind of get that, that feeling around the club um, in terms of the fans. However, they do have one shining light other than Rondon this season. And that is a cause the fact that Rafa Benitez continues to manage his club. Um, I know he still hasn't signed a new contract yet.
2: Uh, he's but... waiting for that delicious chic money, mate. That's what he's waiting for.
3: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, this is the thing. You know, you're waiting for that takeover, and you know, maybe, maybe we'll talk about this, in, in, you know, in the in the new season when it comes up. You know, whether the, you know it actually happens. But in terms of the season that's just happened, Newcastle got lucky. They, they, you know, from, from you know looking at it again, whilst they have Rafa Benitez at the helm. They will always have a chance of surviving. You take away that guy, and you have Mike Ashley at that club continuing to to fund. And I put "funding" inverted commas there because he's not funding anything. Then they're, they're always going to struggle. They they started off with a horrific, a horrific start to the Premier League season. Uh, they they didn't win in their first ten games. They lost seven, <laughs> drew three. They had another run later on in the season, um, across over you know going into the new year where they won one in ten. That's two really bad. That's 20 games there where you've won one game. 20 games, one game. And I know, obviously, that can happen at any stage of the season, but to happen in two clumps like that probably highlights, you know, there's still a lot of work to do at Newcastle um, in terms of if they ever want to progress and move forward. Because these are one of these clubs. They are a big club in terms of, you know, the support. They've got the stadia, although it is crumbling a little bit. But, you know, in they're, they're a one-city club and... Or one football in city club, and you know they they need to capitalise on that, and they could they could potentially build something, but they need the money. It's never come from Mike Ashley. Um, they finished um, three places lower than they did last year, but with one point more, which is kind of touched upon what we said with Burnley earlier. What position was that? Um, well, they finished thirteenth this year. 10th last year obviously miraculous that you got him into the top 10 but we know that's kind of distorted by the way the Premier League panned out last year but he actually gained a point more this year finished 13th Um, and yeah awful in the Cups though they continue to be poor in the Cups which they've done throughout the whole Mike Ashley reign Uh, the fact they went up to two championship sides uh, in Nottingham Forest and Blackburn probably kind of you know I don't know sums up a a mediocre season for Newcastle. No, that I, gave, I gave them a grade of C, C+. plus. If you take away the Cups and the fact that, you know, what they ended up doing in the league in terms of where they finished, the way they ended the season, I've been a little bit generous, I feel. Imagine this.
1: Make- imagine this. Rafa Benitez has been there now, what, three years, four years at Newcastle? Mike Ashley era. have no money to spend. Always wants money to spend. Newcastle about to be taken over by a oil-rich billionaire, and the first thing he's going to do is appoint his arch-nemesis, Jose fucking Mourinho, as manager. It's a kick in the teeth. From ouch. From fucking ouch. Enjoy that, mate. Yeah. Wow.
2: Um, the only thing I'll add to your sterling review, Mr. Collar, which was literally almost bang on three minutes. Uh, decent work there, bruv. Um... The only thing I'd add is that the uh, arrival of Almiron seemed to inject a little bit of life into the club, a little bit. Although he wasn't directly really involved in anything, it did it, like his arrival seemed to really like get Perez's juices flowing, and he had a really good end of the season.
3: And the fact that they spent some money to get him, it was probably a bit of a more of a shock as well.
2: Oh yeah. Um, who is the next team? Saints. The next team is Southampton, and Thomas Woods. Is that the reins.
1: So Southampton's season was literally a season of two halves, which is apt for this podcast. Um, they made the mad decision appointing Mark Hughes as permanent manager uh, leading into the season, who rewarded the trust of the board with one win in 16 games to start the season. He was then sacked 3rd of December. I don't know if there was a handshake. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that he's still looking for this handshake. Hasenhutl replaced him. Eight wins and 16. Bang. They are back to being Southampton. More of a kind of a mid-table team as opposed to basically getting themselves fucking relegated. Um, it, this this is just kind of a recent history of Southampton. I've always felt that Southampton were one of the more progressive, well-run clubs. Um, so, progressive managers. Pochettino, Koeman come in, obviously. Um they 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 didn't lose Paul Mitchell, who I think goes off to Spurs initially with Pochettino. They replace kuman with Puel, who does well in his first season, takes him to a League Cup final, eighth in the league. Uh, sacked. Bring in Pellegrino, who is just simply not up to it. He's trying to drag them down. They point Mark Hughes who basically somehow, and I I don't really remember the end of last season, but I'm assuming that he scraped enough points and everyone else was just diabolical is how he's managed to keep them in the league. Um, And then obviously, finally, it feels like they get rid of Hughes, they get rid of Les Reid, and they've managed to kind of get themselves back in a position where they're starting to feel like Southampton again with Hassan Hasenhutl with a progressive manager. Um, in terms of uh, their spending, they, they spent £56 million in the summer. 22 of that was on uh, Veltegaard, uh, who, who actually played pretty well at centre-half for them. Uh, £16 million on...
2: Wait, 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 wait. You say Vestergaard cost how much? <laughs> £22 million. Pounds. I, I'm going to disagree with your assessment that he played well last season. Like, he had it, probably about five good games. The rest of them, he, any time there was a mistake...
3: It, it, it was him. He picks up when under Hassan. Exactly. He did. Thank you Lee. He did. Thank but you Lee. Long, uh, Bed- Bednarak. Uh, Bednarik. They also got
1: this El Yunusi. <laughs> Disaster. Sixteen million. Um he he, he much like Yachen Bash, uh double goose egg in sixteen games for them. Uh but they did spend ten million on uh Brian Gunn's kid. Um uh, I actually quite like him. I think he's going to be a good goalkeeper. Uh, he's still very young. There was a couple of areas, but I think there's a couple of positives with him as well. Danny Ings obviously comes in on a permanent transfer this summer. I think it's £21 million uh, that they're spending. Uh, fucking unbelievable. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Seven goals in 24 games. Uh, isn't a great return. But uh, another positive, Ward Prowse. Who, under who's kind of just got lost in the shuffle he, he seemed to kind of picked his form up uh, seven goals this season and also Redmonds, who I know Mikey loves significantly uh, six goals and he also improved under Hasselhoff
2: I have one thing to add to this next season Southampton have the worst kit in the league it is an absolute sight for sore eyes it's horrible absolutely horrible if I was a Southampton fan and the years I had to put up with, like when they had randomly just ditched the stripes for no reason, this kit is genuinely one of the worst kits I've ever seen in
3: my life. At least they've announced their kit. I'm still waiting for everything. Horrible.
2: Absolutely bloody appalling. I'm buying time whilst I open up my phone to see who's next. Um. Ah, oh, we've got uh, Spurs, and it's Lee with Spurs.
3: I, I think this is probably why that I I took this one. Uh, isn't it, yeah, because yeah, because Rob might get upset. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, take it away. Hey, he's building up like some like rivalry now with Rob, is <laughs> <laughs> uh, Spurs, Spurs, Spurs. Um, I think you can consider it a success overall, given that they've yet again qualified for the Champions League. Um, Pochettino has secured four top four places now uh, since he's been there, which is impressive, especially given the fact that he hasn't spent any money in the past 18 months. That is the ultimate baffling thing with uh, with Tottenham and the fact that they continue to have success. I know it's not in terms of trophies, which you know is ultimately what we deem success on. But you know, in the modern day, finishing you know top four. This is you know perfect for Daniel Levy. They've you know they've they've just opened up a brand new, shiny new stadium, probably the best in the world. You got you got to manage your finances carefully, and I think Levy is doing that to an extent. However, it has to change. You know, you, you can't get away with the continue doing this for, you know, another 18 months. Um, where do they go from here? They've, well, they've just finished in the Champions League final. Bit jammy. But can they still, can they attract the players? I don't know. I like, you know, I don't think they're going to be attracting the world-class players. I think they're going to be attracting the tier underneath, you know, the tier that I've been describing maybe Man United at. Um, I think realistically I don't think you know Tottenham Man,
2: we're, 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 we're a bracket above Man United simply because we'll pay wages
3: above oh Man United are above Tottenham sorry yeah, yeah. oh well yeah um, in terms of the season though um, you know it, on paper fourth place finish and a Champions League final is nothing to besmirch it's, you know it's, it's great for Tottenham <laughs> uh,
2: sorry I've said besmirch twice in this podcast today and bam it, there it is it's
3: robbed off on myself has it um, there have been some laughs along the way, you know. But obviously, when they uh, they were title challenges, mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. no, they weren't.
2: I enjoyed the meme all year of uh, you know is Tottenham Stadium ready yet?
3: Well, yeah, we have, uh, and that was the that's the other laugh I've got here is the stadium. You know, the the debacle until we actually finally got to the opening, which was April, the beginning of April. It was meant to be September. Then it was October. Then it was December. And then I think they finally clocked on that maybe they should stop putting these deadlines in. And then even then, they still come up with March for the the derby, I think, with Arsenal. And then they finally realised that wasn't going to happen. And it happened with.
2: And they selected a game that wasn't shown on TV.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, they did win that game, though, which was, you know, good for them that they won their opening game at the stadium. However, they were in a run of, they won three wins in the last 12 games. Ultimately, what cost them from doing, you know, having a really successful season. Um, What else have we got here? So they finished with six points less than last year. They scored less and conceded more compared to last year. So in that respect, you know, it's, you know are, they, are they taking a step backwards? But overall, you know, they've they're secured top
1: four.
2: That was the wrong whistle sound effect.
1: <laughs> Lost 20 games this year.
3: Yeah. I've given them a B-minus. Because they have digressed slightly, however, the Champions League final has given them that little yeah. push up. Otherwise, it would have been a of...
1: Charmed run to the European Cup final, and had Aubameyang put the penalty away in the London derby, they would have been fifth.
3: Mm. Player of the year, Son, definitely for them. Uh, you know what? My favourite thing about Is this... people saying Sissoko. No, nah, no chance, it's, mate. Absolutely not. It's, it's, it's Son. It, it's a what do you call it? He's like a cult hero now, isn't it? Because he came here with shit, and now he's slightly better. Yeah, great. He runs a lot. Lee Carsley, mate. Uh,
1: he also then costs them the Champions League. So, you know, that that might have now gone that cult hero status. Um, my favourite thing <laughs> yeah. about the stadium, uh, first goal scorer. Is it Kane? No, it's Son. Uh, first hat-trick at the new stadium. Is it Kane? No, it's Mora. Love it. Those two should have started in the Champions League final. Uh, one of them didn't because of Kane. They lost the final. All is good in the world.
2: Talk about Watford, I'm going to talk
1: about Watford a bit. You know, that's a great hmm. idea. Watford, um, 11th, up three places on last season. Interestingly, also up three wins on last season, which equated to, you do the math, nine more points. Nine more points. They got eight more goals and conceded five less. This is all positive stuff from Yavi uh, Grassi's <laughs> team. Is that his full name? <laughs> um, who's now being linked with uh, Chelsea, which is... Oh, come on. Surely not. Do you like that? Would you like that? Absolutely not.
2: No. no, okay. No. Uh, Deco- Better than Solskjaer.
1: That, that's fair, yeah. I mean, Decore and Kapu in the midfield have been superb for them, really, haven't they? Um, Holobas from fullback, three goals, six assists.
3: That's a bit of a revelation this has year. Has been. Excellent. Uh, 30, I think he's 34, isn't he? Um, he's getting on. Yeah, bit. which
1: is a shame. And ultimately, uh, at least he got to play the cup final, although I'm sure he doesn't feel like that anymore. <laughs> uh, Delafeu, mate, your boy. My boy. De La Feu. Magic. 10 goals, you know. and 5 assists. There you go. There you go, Delafeo. He's found his level, hasn't he? Stepping up a little then bit. And he spent 27 million. Um, 11 of it on Delafeo, which looks like a, a bargain, really. Good business. Good business. Uh, 2.5 on Foster, who I thought also had a really good season for them in goal. Uh, he must be getting on now. Uh, God knows how old he is, but he, he seems like a, an upgrade on, on Gomez. The FA Cup final obviously will leave a bitter taste in the mouth. Um, getting humiliated big time on the on the big stage at Wembley, 6-0 by City. Um, Dini Mikey's guy, still continues to be significant for the team. Um, he he had a pretty good season overall. Um, not necessarily goal scoring, but he's he's effective. He's an effective footballer for that team. Um, I
3: think that's a bit of a worry. I think for Watford moving forward it is is up front. It is. They spend a lot um, of money I don't on think Gray. Gray and Dini. Yeah. Are the well, it's difficult. Della is not an out and out striker. No,
1: it's difficult to see where they they progress. You know, they, mm. the, Watford. I feel like are more likely to lose um, at the core eh, than actually uh, maybe upgrade Deaney and and change the style of football. I, I kind of feel that they're they're going to struggle to progress from where they are. They did push for seventh um all the way to to the end of the season, but they took they ate three L's on the way on the on the finish line because of uh, the FA Cup final. So uh it's difficult. I I overall they've had a of, I think they've peaked. I think sorry, I, sorry, I think you're talk. right. I, yeah. I think I don't think they can improve on what they did this season. Um I think they will drop back a bit. I think that um I don't think they're in any threat of going down.
3: No. I don't I, if I remember rightly I th- I think I was back in at the beginning of the season to be struggling and they they proved me completely wrong. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um so overall you know I had the FA Cup final gone it was great. It's a little bit better. Look, they got thumped 6-0 in an FA Cup final. Um I'm going to give them a C. Solid,
3: solid C.
2: Watford just for the purposes of this show. Are one of my least favorite teams in the division. I cannot stand Watford. They are the ultimate nothing club for me.
3: Oh no, I'd always have Burnley ahead of them.
2: Of course, I mean, yeah, Burnley. Are, but Burnley for me replaced Stoke.
3: If when they get rid of Deeney, I'll probably start to like Watford more. I feel.
2: I think, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um,
3: I think I think that's my. I used to watch feel. Watford at uni. Yeah, I used to go and watch as well. I saw the
1: uh, semi-final against Palace, where a young Ashley Young scored a free kick. To put them into the final. Um, I think it was in Cardiff at that point. That's how long Ashley Young's been around, by the way, Mikey. He, he was he was playing when we were at university
3: in our first year, which was in 2006.
2: What a player he is.
3: I saw Dean Ashton banging a screamer for Norwich against Watford as well.
2: Great. West Ham.
3: West Ham. Yeah, speaking with Dean Ashton. Hey? hey. West Ham. Hey. 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 Like that. Um, we've got that clock going excellent. we waste, kill some time with West Ham. Um, West Ham, funny old season, funny old team. Hard to judge, you know, has it been successful?
2: Probably,
3: um, given, you know, the previous years, um, especially obviously with the move to the stadium, which leads me nicely onto the stats with their stadium. I have got somewhere. Yep, they've picked up nine wins this year and four draws. That is needed because they needed that turnaround at home. Because uh, when they first moved into the stadium, obviously there was uproar. There was unhappiness. The fans weren't happy with the stadium. They didn't like it, you know, being far away from the pitch. For what it's worth, I've been there. I've seen the game of football there. I think it's nice. I I didn't see any particular issue with it. Um, obviously, you're always going to lose that intimacy that you had with uh, Upton Park or the Bowling Ground, whatever you're calling it. Um, but I think this season, they've really cemented themselves. They've kind of established themselves at the home. They've kind of got that season out of the way last year. They're now... Embedded, I feel. I feel like you know that there's no more questions about that. Um, Pellegrini, obviously, probably, will, I would assume his remit was at the season was to finish in the top ten. He'd done that. They finished tenth. Um, they started off horrendously. Uh, I think they lost their first four games, and then they come to Goodison Park and they started a certain Declan Rice, and suddenly things started to change. Uh, also, uh, coinciding with that was no more Jack Wilshire. Started the first four games, and lo and behold, they lost all four. In comes Declan Rice, and we don't really see Jack Wilshere for pretty much the rest of the season. Um, they had some interesting recruitment. Obviously, Jack Wilshere was one. He was on a free. He hasn't been a success, None. comfortably, obviously. Um, they've had some they had some other ones. So you we've know, got Yarmolenko, who started off relatively well. He looked like he could you know, maybe offer something different, um, scored a nice goal against Everton. Um, however, he got injured. I think it was an Achilles, so... He's fucked and he's always got injury problems. So it seems almost like a typical West Ham signing, you know, good player, bit of a name, gets injured. Um, however, they did also sign Felipe Anderson, who I think has been slightly overrated this season in terms of how good he's been. But when he has turned it on, he does look a little bit different, a bit more of an extra class to what they've uh, West Ham have. Um, obviously, their other classy player is Arnautovic, who... Pretty much we lost interest in playing for West Ham come January and the money started flying from China. Um, he didn't get his move. Um, so He actually managed to get more money out of West Ham by signing a new contract, I believe. Yes, he did. A um, bit baffling. Uh, I think he's gone in the summer for what it's worth. Uh, if, they, if they do decide to keep him, then I don't know. I feel like they could really, really should cash in on him. But um, overall, f- uh, for the season, I think West Ham will be happy. However, quick mention, they were shit in their cups. Shit. They got knocked out by Wimbledon, um, who are a League One team. Uh, they beat uh, Macclesfield 8-0. That's but, a yeah. long one, isn't it? And they also lost to Spurs, which is the never once happened.
2: I'd like to give a shout-out to Fabianski. Good good. Absolutely. You. Yep,
3: we've got, oh yeah, got here player of the year, Fabianski, £7 million. Good, Great signing as well.
2: Can't argue, can't argue. Now we're finally at our la- la- last, for my am American, our last team. Wolverhampton Wanderers.
1: Words, take it away. Wolverhampton Wanderers, the team that made me money this season, the team that Lee That's thought that I'm cashed in, <laughs> the team that Lee thought were going to struggle. Wolverhampton Wanderers, fifty-seven points, uh, the best of the rest. However, they only scored forty-seven goals, which puts them. 13th in the league, uh, which says that how they were winning goals was by fine, or how they were winning games was by fine margins. Um, the expected goals was 53, so it shows that they left a lot on the table, and I think a lot of that was down to Raúl Jiménez's inability to score at times. Um, although he comfortably finished their top score with 13, Yota with nine was uh, second. He they they, they they were a good team. But they did struggle against lower-half teams. Um, their record against the top half, the we're talking about the top six, uh, won four, drew four, lost four. That's that's pretty good. You know, that's not bad. Um, their record against the bottom six was uh, lost five and only won three. Um, and that shows where the nine points gap probably is between Wolverhampton, Wanderers and Manchester United. Um so that you could see them potentially making that up with some good signings. Uh speaking of signings, they did spend a number of monies. Uh 80 million on Johnny, 18 million on Trorey Triory Lee opinion.
3: Well, has he had a good season. But
1: just opinion on him in general.
3: well, you know, very 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 fast. What is he doing after that? i so No, sure. I I don't. End product is is much to be
1: questioned. 18 million they spent on him. That that seems a lot of money for a player that runs in a straight line. Uh, 16 million ultimately on Patricio, although they thought they got him for free because of the whole debacle at uh, Sporting. Uh, 12 million on Jota. That's good money. That's good money. Um, Five million though, on Jean Moutinho. That's a fucking steal. João Moutinho, who finished with eight assists in the league this season. Um, it's obviously all to do with George Mendes, who has his fingers in these pies. Uh, the Chinese firm that owns them, owns part of Mendes's group. Um, it's all dodgy stuff. It's very much on the borderline. But uh, for a team to get promoted into the Premier League and finish 7th, in this era of the Premier League, when you take into account the amount of money and how good the teams are below them. So you're talking about Everton are a good team. Leicester are a good team. West Ham, we just touched on, are a good team. Um, These are good teams to finish above them all. They've done really exceptionally well. So, you know, Nuno Espirito Santos, excellent season. That's why he's been linked with Chelsea. I think he won't be coming into Chelsea. I think he's quite happy with his job at Wolves. I'm sure he's being uh, paid quite nicely there. Um, One more bright spot, uh, Morgan Gibbs-White. Um, thought he looked like a real bright spark at moments. Really keen to see more of
3: him next season. Decent breakthrough, though he went a bit quiet towards he the, end the season.
1: Did
2: he did? Yeah. I don't know why that happened. And um, yeah, but I, I I really like Morgan Gibbs White. He
3: looks quite good. he could be, be, that. be, that it, could be. it could
2: be that centre midfield. he could be if he could be that centre midfield there. Yeah. He gets
1: to play with two two top level centre midfielders in, Moutinho and uh, Rubem Neves as well, if he does get to play in there.
2: Yeah. Um, that's basically it. We've got, obviously, there are a number of awards that we should give out. However, this show is fucking long. And I, I, I'm wondering if we really need to do awards that we haven't prepared for. What do you
1: boys think? Decision live Let, on us let's, let's do a half-hour awards show next week or something.
3: Ah, oh, so this is not the final part. There you go. I've misled the listeners already. You know, Aren't they lucky? This Aren't they lucky? I Aren't thought they... I was going on holiday. I'm not. I've been called back. <laughs>
2: called back to the office. That's a shame. Um, no, I like that. I like doing a little cheeky one next week. That sounds we'll fun. We'll do a nice
3: little cheeky one. We'll get some, maybe some different awards, not just your standard awards. Well. Yeah, it'll give us a chance to think of some.
2: Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I would like to, just to point out two, one thing. Um, the difference in note-taking between Lee and Woods has been magnificent. So Lee has this, an A4 pad, numerous scribblings, you know, like looking very... Long. Woods today has got in his hand about 50 napkins. <laughs>
3: I know, he's been getting these napkins and just putting in behind his microphone, hasn't he, every time. He's like, yeah, just got done. like
2: so many napkins.
3: <laughs> I'll tweet a photo.
2: Like tweet a photo I'll of these napkins because this is... Phenomenal.
3: Maybe your bosses would like to know when you completed these napkins. <laughs> Lunchtime. <laughs> Lunchtime. Sure you did.
2: I've never, I've never seen napkin note-taking quite like that. But, um, yeah, unless you guys have anything else to add, that's probably a show.
3: That is definitely a show, so it's a hell of a show. And uh, we'll obviously be back, won't we, to, to talk more next week? We will be back yeah. to
2: continue this season. Um, I think next week it might be also rife to have a quick comment on the current Women's World Cup, which is happening
3: as we speak. I watched the game yesterday, so yes. So
2: it might be good just to include a little bit about that, because football is football, of course. Um, Of course, you can find us on the interwebs At Pod of Two Halves. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on us. This is a long show. Find us on iTunes. You can find us on every single podcasting device that you can possibly think of, including things like Overcast and Downcast and Stitcher and all of those things that I would never use because why would you use something other than Spotify or iTunes? I don't know.
3: That's right. I use Podbean. Podbean? There you go. That's another one. That's another platform. You can also find us on Podbean
2: because (laughs) we are literally. We are all over the place. Yeah. I say literally run
3: multi-functional there. multi-platforming.
2: Exactly. Get in touch with us on Twitter. <clears throat> Woods handles are is our social media, man? We're actually like what, 5 followers away from 100 now?
3: Join We're us. Let's triple figures. Let's break that. Yeah, let's man. get into those three figures.
2: Our 100 our 100th hun- follower should get something.
3: Oh mate, let's let's get you off fair now, come on. I'm fucking dying. <laughs> man. I feel,
2: I feel like I've I feel like I'm like I don't even know. I'm like dreaming or something. Yep. I've gone delirious. <laughs> I'm not like you boys. I've sat here for the last hour and 40 minutes listening to three minutes at a time. Just okay, like... He's
3: not really had much input. Bless him, has oh. He's just sitting just listening to <laughs> I us. feel like I'm dying. <laughs>
2: um, yeah, that's been fun for me. Let's, let's,
3: go. let's go. Let's go. Goodbye, everyone. Arrivederci. Ciao.
0: Podcast Network.